welcome to the Phantomtastic Podcast, where we believe that through books and banter, all is possible. I'm Steph, aka Ideally Inspired Reviews on Instagram, and I'm joined by... I'm Ava of Kingdom of Mass on Instagram. So we've gotten a lot of requests to talk about the possible big bad of the next round of Akatar books. Because, I mean, right now we still don't know who, like, the next real villain is going to be as of Akasif. Um, so this episode is going to be dedicated to Koshe. Dun, dun, dun. Indeed. I'm really excited um, because Koshe the Deathless is a Slavic figure, and I actually grew up hearing a lot of stories about him from my Czech grandma. Um, and I have to admit, like, Slavic folktales are really whack, or at least the way that, like, my grandma told them are really <laughs> whack. Like, I'll, like, look back on my childhood and be like, wow, is this an appropriate bedtime story for a five-year-old? Um but either way, I'm really curious to see where Sarah goes It builds with him. character, Ava. It does. It it's character. true. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but just like if you are familiar with um, Slavic fairy tales, then I mean, it's kind of like all fairy tales, right? To say like Slavic is like, that's a very broad term. We're talking like Russia to like Central Europe. So that's a lot of area to cover. So of course, the myths have kind of been like warped and, you know, like, changed depending on like who's telling them and like which cultural group is telling them um so basically i think there are a lot of like avenues for sarah to explore if she wants to stay faithful in any way to like the source material for koshe's name at least um yeah so i'm really excited uh this episode is going to be a little bit of like a research dump in the beginning just to kind of like lay some groundwork for uh the mythology I actually like called up my grandma and I was like, hey, can I hear those stories again? Because it's been it's been a while since I've heard them. Um, but I just wanted to cover a few of like the main myths in which Koshe appears in case anyone else is not familiar with them, because I think that that might help with the second part of our episode where we talk about some of the theories that have been submitted. Um, a lot of these theories come from our patron, Kristen. So thank you so much, Kristen, for submitting all of these because oh my goodness um there were a lot and i'm excited <laughs> to cover them um yeah and also shout out to our patrons hey y'all hey we love you guys <laughs> hope you're having a wonderful well you'll be listening to this on a monday so i hope you're having a wonderful monday um and to everyone else thank you all for listening of course um okay so let's dive in um I will go through this really quickly. It'll be very, very quick. I promise I won't like lecture. I'm not a TA and have no desire to be one. So it's yeah. all right. But also quickly. I think it's good to be informed. It's good to know about like inspo. So totally. Let's go. Um, okay. So just as like a basic, um, one of the more basic powers, I suppose, that Koshe embodies. Um, in a lot of tales, he has like this ability to cast a sleep spell, uh, which can only be broken by playing an enchanted string instrument. It's called a goosley. I'm thinking that I might be pronouncing that incorrectly, but it's been a while since. I mean, nobody bothered to teach me Czech, so honestly, my pronunciation is trash. Just don't mind me. I kind of know what I'm talking about. I just can't say any of the words. Um, but it's fine. Um, so the goosley is obviously, it's like, that's not a harp. Those are different words. But it, it is a string instrument. It has a possible connection to the harp, which is another string instrument. And we know that the harp is one of the dread trove items. So I'm wondering if Koshe might cast like a sleep spell on someone that someone else has to use a dread trove item on them to like 
potentially wake them up. I'm not sure how well that theory fits dun, just dun, because dun. the heart seems to affect like time and space as opposed to like states of wakefulness. But who knows? It's a very powerful item. So that's exciting. Koshay uh, typically appears as kind of like an antagonistic father figure who gets in the way of a bride and her lover. Um, potentially Vasa in this case, but then I guess that leaves room to like, you know, kind of figure out who is the lover. I know there's a lot of speculation going around that she is potentially uh, involved with Jurian and Lucian. I'm personally, if we're going to go and down that or road, Lucian. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I would rather it be all three, but that's just, maybe that's just me. I'm just kidding. I know Steph's there with me because hello, threesome gang. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just holding my commentary until the end. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. By the way, um, just as a quick side note, I'm like remembering this just now. If anyone has any desire to kind of get the general vibe for Koshay, I highly recommend The Swan Princess. Uh, that was like an animated movie that came out in, I want to say, the 90s. And to this day, it remains one of the funniest fucking films that I have ever seen in my entire oh life. Like my sister and I, this was like a childhood film that we watched. And like, if you're a fan of like animated Disney movies and this one has never popped up on your radar, I highly recommend it because it is so funny. Um, and also it is based on like the the Swan Princess is very much coached. Uh in vibes so yeah i highly recommend that if you want some like to do some quote-unquote research uh watch an animated movie it's funny um okay <laughs> moving on uh maria morevna is she's interesting because um a prince named ivan sends his sisters off to be married this is in the czech version um it kind of differs depending on which version you're talking about but he sends his sisters off to be married to the sun the moon and the wind which i personally think is interesting because those are elements that are associated with prithian's courts and we're specifically dealing with three sisters very similar to the Archeron sisters. Um, and then Ivan goes off and he meets this warrior princess, Maria, whom he marries. While she's off fighting a war, she warns him not to go into the basement of her castle. And so, of course, he does. And he discovers a chained-up Koshay, who tricks Ivan, Ivan the, <laughs> the Slavic pronunciations versus the American ones trip me up all the time. Anyway, he, uh, Koshay tricks Ivan into giving him water. He escapes and he captures Maria. Uh, Yvonne is killed while attempting to capture Koshay again, but his sister's husbands retrieve them again, or I'm sorry, revive him again. This is the sun, the moon, and the wind. Um, and he gets like a magical horse in order to chase Koshay. It's very, very fairy tale vibes. Um, it's a lot. It, this is such a stretch, but like is potentially the magical horse in this case could be Helian's Pegasi. And would that make Yvonne Lucian potentially? I don't know. I don't know. There are so many, there are just like so many things. Okay. And then last piece of like background information in the tales the spell that keeps Koshay alive involves his soul which he puts in a series of nested objects so like think russian nesting dolls it's kind of the same concept so there is a needle inside of an egg and the egg is inside of a nest and then someone <laughs> if if anybody approaches the nest then a bird comes and carries it away i told you these are like very strange fairy tales i remember listening to these the as hell? a child and being like what the f <laughs> what like, they're just so different from, like, I would literally be like, Disney. does not compute. <laughs> right? Uh, like, my mom was out here telling me, like, and then, you know, Beauty broke the beast, and it turned out he was a prince, and my grandma's over here, like, 
and don't piss off the sorcerer death lord otherwise like a bird will carry his soul away and you're just sitting there as a child going what um anyway (laughs) um so those are kind of like the main like staples um slash recurring thematic elements that appear in koshay related stories that i thought i would bring up um Shout out to my grandma and also low-key Wikipedia for some of those. Um, <laughs> so, Shout out to Ava's grandma. Yeah. Drama. Uh, thank you, Elena. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So I think that, that the, the last um, thing that I mentioned with Koshay and his soul and the nested objects, that reminds me very much of the black box that is mentioned that he keeps that no one is allowed to touch. And I wonder if it like his soul is in there. But, like, inside of other objects, like, I wonder if there's going to be a quest to, like, hunt down the fucking bird or whatever the Sarah J. Mass version of the bird is. Um, yeah, so I'm just really excited. Steph, please comment away on anything that, like, caught your interest as I was speaking there. Well, I mean, once again, let me remind everybody how much I fucking love death and... Um... <laughs> Dark characters. Now, granted, I think that coming from the perspective... Now, by the way, for those listening, there will be potential Akatar spoilers here and more directly Akasif spoilers. Um, But obviously, we collectively as a fandom who have read the Akatar books, like we know that Koshay is obviously not a good person. Right. Um... So he's not somebody to root for, at least for now. Um, On the surface, it does not seem that he is somebody to root for. Um, That being said, I am very intrigued by, um, like, I love characters that are shrouded in in darkness, at least, like, for us Mm -hmm. as the reader, like, where we don't know too much. Because I kind of feel like Reese was kind of that way in the first. Totally. In Akatar, like before we really, you know, got into the thick of things with him and his, his court and his inner circle. But like not knowing, it's the not knowing which is more compelling to me. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm really intrigued because as we know, Sarah is very um, inspired, draws a lot of inspiration from folklore and a lot of like these fairy tales. Um, a lot of ballets, like that kind yes. of thing. So that's always her vibe. Um, so I feel like hearing kind of um, what you know of Koshay mm-hmm. or what you grew up learning about Koshay or what like yeah, is commonly known of Koshay is so very excited. interesting to see, <laughs> right? To see like how Sarah will then draw, like, you know, interpret that. Because I feel like the Swan Lake... Um, term was floating around a lot oh at, definitely <laughs> in, right after Akawar came out like with sarah in like when she was doing um her publication tour and she mm-hmm. was going around and doing interviews with like she would do like um online uh what is it uh like chats and q a's and stuff mm-hmm. so i feel like swan lake was definitely floating around so i think that like you're definitely on to something and obviously patron Kristen, right who yes who recommended us talking about this is onto something by ad- having us address it because right now we're kind of in the dark. We don't know who the next, I mean, we, there's speculation as to who the next Akatar book is going to be about. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't think it's going to be Koshe, right? right? I don't think he's going to be right. the so main character. I think we can all agree. Right, I think we can all agree that it's not going to be Koshe, which then means that we're going to be sitting on this for quite some time. Indeed. And I and I think that it would it would be wise as a fandom for us to start thinking about Koshe and how, um, like how he ties into the story because I really do feel like whenever we do get to Vasa Jurian, possibly Lucian. Um, storyline or at least figure out what's going on with them right now that Koshe is going to be involved oh yeah in that part part of like the story so anyway so I just I love that because honestly prior to having a discussion with Ava about Koshe he kind of was just in the back of my mind mm-hmm. I know like when we we did our Akasif um IG live recap and we were kind of just talking about our feels and we had discussed Koshe Koshe's possible future involvement. Yeah. But like, it was really just like a fleeting thing. It wasn't something that we were like, oh yeah, let's really yeah, analyze Yeah, no, we were like, literally shooting the shit with that. Right. Yeah. Like it was just, right. Exactly. Exactly. And it was, again, a lot of like speculative stuff that like other readers had brought up to our attention as well. So anyways, I think that it's really great that we're talking about it because then maybe with the next Akatar book, maybe there are going to be seeds planted for more seeds planted by Sarah that we're going to be like, oh, what does that mean? Because just like you were talking about the harp and the dread trove, but as we know, there's more than like, there can be more than just the one dread trove that we know of. Totally. In Akasif. So could there be another dread trove? Right. Could Koshe know about that shit? Right. Like, well, like, what does he, ha- I mean, we know that obviously, like, there's the curse on Vasa, but, like, what more is there? We need to know more, mm-hmm. obviously. Or do we possibly think that he's being villainized in the way that Reese was villainized in Akatar, where everybody thought that he was terrible? Right. Like, Maybe. could Koshe possibly not be as bad as we think he is? Yeah. I don't know. So I, like, I'm actually really interested by this train of thought because I just finished up my first Brandon Sanderson series. Um, And I'm not even going to say which one, just in case anyone, like, interprets this as, like, a mild spoiler. But you sort of learn um, throughout, like, the course of the trilogy that, like, the big bad is actually, like, literally just doing his best. And, like, it's just, like, a scale (laughs) of, you know, just, like... When you have, you know, for example, like Aelin, who occasionally has to make really tough choices where some people get sacrificed for the greater good, but it's on the scale of, like, the entire world. Like, this figure is relatively godlike, and he's literally just doing his best, and unfortunately that means that a lot of people suffer, but, like, overall, like, the world doesn't end, basically. So it's all kind of on, like, a scale. Um, And so I'm wondering if, you know, like, maybe Feyre and Reese are really concerned about the uh, survival of Prithian, maybe Koshe is concerned about like the survival of the entire world. Like what's to, you know, say that he's not focused on like a bigger picture. And unfortunately that means that like some girls have to be cursed, which I'm not like excusing, but that would definitely, you know, kind of add a, a compelling element to his character. I think if he is complex in that way of like, I'm literally just doing my best and you guys are getting in the way. And like, we could be totally yeah. off. Like he did kind of present himself as like a jackass in Akasif. Um, so I'm not saying this, you know, that I like 100% think that's the case, but like, if it was, I think that would be super well, I mean, interesting. Look at Jurian. Like we thought he was a villain for a hot right. second. <laughs> Very true. Um, so, I mean, Sarah is very, it is very common in Sarah's books 
for us to be introduced to somebody as a possible villain mm-hmm. or a po- morally gray character or somebody who has done unspeakable things hunt and <laughs> yet right? right like like it's all like in their mind in that moment or in that phase of their life it's for the greater good it's right. not for like they're doing what they feel is necessary uh in the moment or for their cause so it's not necessarily like you know, bigger picture. They're not think. They're not worried about Prithian, right. like Koshay. It's like not concerned about the plight of these courts. Like, yeah, you know, totally. So I can totally, I could totally see that. I think that that's like such a great take. But it's it's always like I feel like when I'm reading Sarah's books, and to be honest, like quite a few other books. And I think that's another reason why I'm like always drawn to these like <laughs> silent, <laughs> broody yeah. characters is because like. I don't want to make a snap judgment about you. Like, I want to know more. Like, I want to know why you're this way. Yes. Um, And then once I figure that out, then we can determine whether or not you're a really horrible character. Absolutely. (laughs) Like, I'll give, I mean, with exception, of course, of like Amarantha, where we knew that she was trash. Like, straight up. Maeve, we knew that she was trash. But like... Yeah, I mean, Koshay, I'm not saying that I'm not holding out a hope that he's going to be like this redeemable character that's like going to be like the poster child of Akatar or anything like that. But I am very curious. <laughs> Next Akatar cover is just Koshay. Right. <laughs> Literal poster child. I do want to see what role he he's going to play beyond being just a villain, like yeah. a straight villain. Is he going to be like a real villain right. or is he going to be like Tamlin of of Akamath <laughs> the Adian villain of <laughs> right like he's oh geez uh so like you know what I mean right. like what kind of villain is he gonna be like right. what level of villainry we no, got totally. going on beyond the fact of course of him in like not enslaving but just cursing Vasa so right anyway and I also think it's important to keep in mind that Koshe is the brother of the bone carver and Straga the weaver and both of those characters like they were like introduced as like very antagonistic like let's not forget that the weaver tried to eat Feyre um twice twice <laughs> um <laughs> literally but by the end you know it, it's like it's not like they were redeemed right like that I wouldn't necessarily argue that they were redeemed like I wouldn't say that Straga was redeemed but in the end it turned out that they had a bigger role to play than we initially thought and it wasn't entirely an antagonistic role and just because Koshe seems to be not as like crazy like no offense to the bone carver and Straga but they both seem to be like toying with that line of insanity just a little bit um <laughs> Koshe seems a little bit more like grounded to me um just in like the few like split second moments that we got of him he's more goal oriented he does seem um. <laughs> he seems like he keeps a planner like a really clear agenda right. <laughs> it's probably color-coded um and, you know, like, again, even if he doesn't become, you know, some redeemable golden boy, like, which I'm fine with, I personally find those characters tend to be boring anyway. Um, but, you know, like, he might just have a different role to play than, like, it seems that Sarah is setting him up for, just as, like, a basic villain, if that makes sense, which I 
I think right. is essentially exactly what you and were I saying, think, but <laughs> you know what? I think that that's really no, but I think that that's really really great point that you brought up. Um, or not even necessarily a point, but just like that you are reiterating here that he is related to these two other characters who, yeah. to some degree, have been revered by the fandom. Right. Um, and it's not to say that people are like, oh yeah, like we're Team Bone Carver or we're Team <laughs> Weaver, right? By Nobody's any means, like shipping um, Feyre and the Bone Carver, right? But like they're interesting. But just as you said, like the role that they played in Act of War, um, and even um, oh my God, what is what is the, what's the what's that what's that creature? Oh my God, why is oh, why I'm drawing I'm drawing a blank? Briaxis. Yes, yes, yes. Even fucking Briaxis, who basically is like mm-hmm. an actual monster. Like we were all like super like where 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 is he doing where yeah. like, we're like where I is hope he's I need to enough, know you know like I right. hope he has enough like random exactly. face soldiers right. in the woods to eat I, I hope he's like I hope he's staying hydrated <laughs> exactly <laughs> I don't know if he needs it like, but I hope I he's mean, using sunscreen when necessary like we we just kind of like adopted <laughs> all of the monster characters right. from the series no exactly. And it's, again, and it's not to say that you're not going to sit here and make excuses for the terrible things that they've done. Right. But at the end of the day, if if we are also looking from the outside in and taking our fandom, like, bias out of this, mm-hmm. if you wrote down all of the terrible things that Reese did right. during the 500-year, like, right. you know, curse, blight, whatever, like... On paper, Reese isn't that great either. Totally. You know what I mean? Like, just from that, right? Just from what we knew of that. But it was us getting to know Reese and understand, right. like, learning more about him, right. his family, his friends, etc. Like, well, we then knew, oh, this guy is fine. Like, he's he's great. Like, he's not, like, a terrible person. And I think that's exactly, like, has. Sarah's biggest strength, <laughs> right? Like, Aelin is, she's, like, a literal assassin. She's a bloodthirsty yeah. assassin and is characterized that way for you know the entire series Asriel's literal job description is just like torture it's like torture underline 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 mm-hmm. and somehow he's become the fandom's like ooh boy like he's so Sweet. soft and i'm like um man it's because he, he sings that's all like, that's the only reason he practically like lives in that room in the court of nightmares where there's like a drain in the floor to like drain out all of the blood of his victim like <laughs> I un- like I understand why people love Asriel so much. Okay, I I get it, but like he's excuse he's, me, I am one of those. I know people, you are. So. That's why I'm saying. Like, I know. I get it. So I'm saying like I accept what you're saying. Like, yeah, and I a, will allow it. You know, and that doesn't, <laughs> but that doesn't deny that like his job description is like do the one who does the fucked up things in the name of the Night Court, right? And so like I think that's just right. important to keep in mind when we're talking about villains and when we're speculating what their role will be like to anyone who isn't part of the night court let's be real asriel's a villain to anyone who isn't part of the court of tarasan it's arguable that aelin is a villain like you know perspective just matters and so i think it's important to occasionally take off the rose gold fandom blinds slash glasses and just keep that in well yeah and like i just said even in crescent city hunt who is the clear like main character here the one that we're rooting for the umbra fucking mortis mm-hmm. in house of earth and blood like who who is classifying him as a villain no right. one that's that i know of no one that i've spoken to excuse me baby. Um, i may stand corrected oh lord uh, yes but but who's to say in two years from now or whenever the fuck a book with koshe in it comes out mm-hmm. 
who's to say that we wouldn't be readdressing like this conversation and being like, wow, I'm so glad that I gave Koshe the benefit of the doubt. Now, granted, (laughs) we're not necessarily giving him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, he is literal death. So like, but then again, so was fucking Lorcan in Throne of Glass. So again, I feel like because we are sort it doesn't look this way but because we are quasi blessed in our ignorance of koshe right now like we don't know too much about him in the akatar world i think that that gives us a better perspective in future books with him to not immediately jump on the totally he's he is you know a like a, a an abuser. He's a this. Right. He's a that. Like, because aside from the curse on Vasa, like we haven't actually heard too much else beyond what we already know of right. Koshe. Maybe he just like, ignores of her. his treatment with <laughs> women. Right. Like that's what I'm saying. Like, like that's why he turned her into a an actual fucking bird so that he doesn't have to talk with her. Look, hashtag I can relate. Listen, even though we're having a whole conversation like about this, like, so yeah, yeah, definitely. like or even so, like it's like uh, I would love to keep my attachment with you, but we don't have to be around each other all the fucking right. time. Now, again, we're not sitting here and advocating for people to enslave am, or yeah, to I'm not curse encouraging people, right? anyone to seek an old man relate like a relationship <laughs> with an old man who's going to turn you into a bird. Let me just like no one's right? saying that you should we're not condoning that behavior before anyone gets it twisted. Um but I yeah, I just to reiterate everything that you're saying, I think that all of Sarah's characters, at least all of the ones that are the most interesting are in some way like have a little bit of a villainous streak and I think it's like just knowing that we don't know very much about Koshe, I think it's fine to like speculate. Is he or, ar- or Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, no, no, I was going to say like or they have a killer face. Right. Like I feel like all of our beloved characters in this series have gone through a murderous face. Right. <laughs> So with the exception of Nesta and Elaine, of course, or Elaine, we don't know. I still am on team. (laughs) Elaine is murdering like she's like a fucking merc right now. And like, we just don't know. Um, But I (laughs) but prior to Akasif, everybody, I mean, even fucking Feyre has murdered people in cold blood, y'all. Like, yes, it was for the greater good, but it was in cold blood. Okay, let's not forget that. But we don't consider Feyre a villain as we don't consider Reese a villain and we don't, con- well, wow. some people don't <laughs> consider Tamlin a villain. Like I just, well, and Reese, of course, but that's a whole nother episode. But, um, but anyways, I feel like I'm just going to always advocate for these like dark characters all the time. Like, yeah. I feel like it's just going to always, it's always going to be my default to like, well, let's just make mm-hmm. sure, like, do we know for certain, like, is this speculative? Is this mm-hmm. rumor? Are we just going to base all of this on rumor? Like, has anybody actually seen him yeah. curse Vasa? Like, do we know for sure he cursed? Like, right. I'm just like genuinely giving him the benefit of the doubt here, but who knows? I mean, maybe he could have done unspeakable things that we don't know about. Um, totally. In this series. So whatever. I mean, yeah, but at least he's not, like, trying to, like, run for High Lord of Prithian or right. something like that, you know? As far as On we know, some he's platform of kindness. High King. You know, the only yeah, one who's like, been inferred just... to be High King is Reese, which, I mean, did not endear him to That's me, a whole other episode. It's fine. That's a whole other episode. Um, we're not going to even... We're not even opening <laughs> I was, like, trying to defuse. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. It's fine. Okay. 
Okay, I will not anyway. get triggered right now. I am enough like, about that. Yes, <laughs> breathing noises, breathing noises. Okay, um, let's dive in really quick to the theories. Um, the majority of which did come from patron Kristen, so thank you, Kristen. Um, and we're just gonna like bullet through these, and I just like want to know like your knee jerk reaction to them. Um, obviously, these are just our opinions, and I personally like. I never think any theories are dumb, but like just so you just to be very clear that as we go through these, even if I don't agree, it's not because it's like a dumb theory and I would never suggest that. Um, so, well, and we yeah. always and I just also wanted to point out that like we always feel like we have to take a second to reiterate that like in general, like whenever we are having these discussions. So like if you're new around here and you've never listened to anything of ours before, just know that even if we don't preface it with that like disclaimer, this is always the case. Like we will never shame somebody for loving something, even if we don't agree. Um, But also in the same regard, like we're not going to like, we're not going to shame your theories. We're not going to shame your thoughts. Like, no, as long as you're not like attacking her grandma Elena, um, we're fine, right? Listen, Elena like, could take don't... all of you. Okay, let me be very clear. I'm serious. Elena jogs. She was four raised on the streets. She day. don't care. She literally was. I'm sorry, but like they like fled on a train and like convinced the conductor that they were sick in order to get into Austria. Like it's a whole story. We should. Anyway, I won't get into it. I just like do just we'll do an episode on Elena. I think only. my grandma is a badass, and that's all I have to say about that. So yeah, if we you should come... do an episode on Elaine and Elena. Yes. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> my grandma loves the funniest thing is that my grandma's a gardener. She that's like all she does now is she just gardens all day every day. Did Sarah name Elaine after your grandma? She did actually. That's canon. Sarah just DM'd me right now. I have this on my phone. <laughs> To say, my ears were ringing. I know that you're talking about Elaine, a.k.a. Elena. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's canon. Sorry. Okay. I did All not right. mean to sidetrack you. <laughs> no, but anyways, but yeah, we always just want to point that yeah. out because it's it's important to know that, like, sometimes on the internet, people take things way too seriously. And we definitely do not take each other seriously oh my God, no. all the time. So anyways, all right, continue. Sorry, Ava. So no, I think that's just as a nice reminder. I'm sure it feels good to hear. Um, Okay. Would it be possible for Koshe, assuming he is like a villain villain TM and needs to go, would it be possible for him (laughs) to be killed by all three Archerons? It's mentioned that he was trapped by a Fey warrior whose line exists faintly in human bloodlines. Could that be the Archeron's or potentially Vass's line? And I think this particular um, theory is interesting because it brings up the woman who's mentioned in the Fey Warrior, who's mentioned in Akawar, who initially trapped Koshe by the lake. It's, she's like offhandedly mentioned, like some long ago Fey Warrior, but she is specifically like given a pronoun, she, her, so we know it's a female. And I think that that character was potentially inspired by Maria Marevna, who very much took out Koshe in a lot of the stories. Um, but Steph, what do you think? Like, do you think that we could see like Archeron's assemble be like the. <laughs> okay. So I think, I feel like we talked, I don't, and I can, and of course, Ava and I record so many episodes that I can't remember like what was public <laughs> episode or what was a Patreon episode, but I feel like we kind of really loved the idea of Elaine being the one to take care of Koshe. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether that is entrapping him once again or right. 
killing him off or taking away, stripping him of his powers, like whatever needs to be done to vanquish Koshay. I love the, I just, I love the idea of Elaine being a part of it and only because, and not like to, to throw Elaine a bone or something, but like, just because I feel like it was evident in Akasif that like Nesta has like a kernel of power, but like she pretty much like surrender most of her power. Like we know, Feyre is uber powerful, but, but she's I also be feel like busy with Nyx, I think, right? Well, but not just that. Like I think that it's that there's always it's always far more interesting when it's the one that you least expect oh, that does totally. it. Which is why I've been saying I feel like Elaine has been murking people and nobody's fucking paying attention to her because she's the like more quiet one, you know, the more level headed one, like et cetera, right. et cetera, like like the 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 one who everybody's looking out for the most, but mm-hmm. not looking out for what she's doing when nobody's watching. I'm so like, I still totally. cannot get over this, but anyways, so I, I love the idea of like, maybe even like her and Lucian, like joining forces yes. and taking care of it. Right. Cause no, we've I'm been talking about like, <laughs> like we, t- we talked a little bit about um, in a previous episode. And again, I forgive me. I don't remember if it was a Patreon episode or if it was a public one, but we talked about, the possibility i think it was in lucian's episode we talked about this but like the walkie talkies like the mating bond oh my being god like, yes like a oh, communication so source between the two of them and i think that it would be really great especially with lucian spending so much time with vasa mm-hmm. that like he probably would want to if they're not romantically tied then like right he would want to like to defend his friend so anyway totally. so i love the i mean i think poetically like sure having the three archeron sisters <laughs> Avengers it um would be great but uh I love the idea of Elaine being the one to do it okay so. well that's like really funny because the next question slash theory is that we know that Koshay's ultimate goal is to free himself um so there's a theory that Elaine might free him possibly on accident similar to the highburn fuck up of Akamath um <laughs> do we which okay so this is like personally my favorite theory like I really am interested in the idea of Elaine being involved and I mean involved not in like a romantic sense or a sexual sense or anything but just like connected to his storyline somehow um and I would like my favorite trope one of my favorite tropes in fantasy um one of the authors who I think does this the best is Jen Lyons at the end of the second book in her series Um, That book just, like, makes me lol because you literally have, like, it's the defining moment. The protagonist has the chance to vanquish the evil once and for all. And then they accidentally end up making everything 10,000 times worse. It's basically, (laughs) like, every Percy Jackson book ever. Um, But it's, like, my favorite fantasy trope. And I would really love to see Elaine, not because I want to see her fail or anything, but just because I think that Elaine has so... I'm trying to like go about my verbiage very carefully here. I feel personally (laughs) from what I've gathered from the text that Elaine strikes me as a character who has something to prove, not to other characters necessarily um, in the book, not even to like the fandom, but more to herself. Like that was just kind of like the vibe that I got throughout Akasa from, you know, what we got from her character and there, there are just, like, moments throughout Akasif where other characters kind of, like, 
belittle her a little bit or like coddle her be like Elaine she's you know she's kind of precious but she doesn't really do anything and I just feel like she deserves a moment to like shine but just like with Nesta just like with Feyre just like with Reese, I love it when you know characters kind of take up that mantle and then like drop it <laughs> like it just makes for an interesting story more than anything um and so I'm really interested in the idea of Elaine potentially being the one to like accidentally free him or maybe on purpose maybe again koshe is not that bad and maybe freeing him would be a good or thing maybe it's a calculated thing yeah like any any kind of um offshoot i mean of look that look that's what they did with form. the with the bone carver and totally. that's what they i mean they like calculated his release yeah yeah um so why not yeah totally <laughs> i like at this point you know just because i, I feel like elaine and koshe are in the same boat in the sense that we don't have a lot, at least I don't feel that we have a lot of them, like, canonically. I know there are a lot of, like, theories floating around everywhere, and a lot of people have made really interesting inferences about their characters, but just, like, in the books, there's not so much content. Like, at this point, Feyre obviously got her own trilogy, Nesta got her own book, and so we have yet to kind of, like, get into Elaine's head. Um, And so Mm -hmm. I'm just, like, super, super interested to see like where that goes and I just think that she is you know like you mentioned she's the only one left with like the cauldron born powers I know that Feyre was made of the high lords so she doesn't really count in this sense but like between Elaine and Nesta Elaine is the only one with like power capital P um as far as we know so I'm just and like one of the first things that she saw was Koshe and Vasa like that was one of her very first visions in Akawar so I just really think uh, yeah I just I'm just like I'm getting hyped up all on in my chair now so I'm gonna like stop talking but um yeah <laughs> I think it's really interesting um sort of in a similar vein it's mentioned that Koshe whispers to someone like he's whispering on the wind we know he was whispering to Brielin Brylin whatever the queen's name was in Akasif um mm-hmm. and people have theories that Koshe is whispering to Meryl or Elaine. Those are like the main two people that we think he is possibly influencing or talking to at least. What do you think about that? I like that. Yeah, me too. I'm like super I mean, once again, the what the like fuck is Elaine region. doing, you guys? Yeah. No one is fu- nobody is like everybody everybody's so wrapped up in like ships, I think, that nobody is actually helping me answer this question. <laughs> Somebody please explain to me what, like, Sarah doesn't put things on the page for no, like, for just, like, shits and giggles. Like, she, there is a purpose for everything that she writes. And she writes with intent. And based on the fact that we know that she received gardening gloves for, like, winter solstice for Christmas, essentially, the holidays. And, like... Or, like, she refuses to use them. So it's been said that she refuses to use these. Right. But then she's tending to gardens but coming home with no dirty hands. Somebody please explain this to me. I know. Because I, I know. know plenty of people who garden who will wash their hands multiple times and their hands are still full of soil. Elena. <laughs> or, like, whatever. Right? <laughs> Maybe Speaking she's of. Using, <laughs> using Lucian's magical gloves. My little Lucian heart is so happy. <laughs> 
Maybe she is, but do you genuinely think that she that it would not have been mentioned though that she's using them? Because Honestly, I don't think so. I totally think that Sarah's like dangling like Look, the ships I would love that us. though. Yeah. Excuse me. I I would love that. Like I would love for it to not feel like she's just straight like completely ghosting Aunt Lucian. Like Lucian. You know what I mean? Like regardless of yeah. who she ends up with and again, that's another episode that we will just like discuss things. But like I just anyways, I love that theory and I think that Yeah. I would love to know that or find out that Elaine is like entangled into like all of mm-hmm. these like other things exactly but like clearly like not to think that like elaine is doing it with malicious intent but just more to like like she knows that if she were to tell somebody that they would coddle her so she's Mm -hmm. like taking it upon herself to do it so i love that at this point i'm like i'm just so excited to get into her head like i think i think we all kind of knew sort of more or less like nesta's mental state even prior to akasif but even at this mm-hmm. point, I can't pin down Elaine. I'm just like, who are you? I feel like every every mm-hmm. time we, like, she speaks. Beyond just a gardener. Yeah, exactly. Right. Which, like, yeah. she's, like, a gardener and a baker. And, like, I love those things. And I hope that she, like, never gives up those traits. Um, and I'm wondering, like, what else there is to her character. Which I'm not necessarily, which there doesn't necessarily need to be, like, a warrior or anything on the other side of her. But I'm like, I feel like there's something, like, below the surface level information that we've been given and i want to know what it is so yeah i think the theory that koshe is whispering to meryl is very intriguing um whoops i'm so sorry if you can hear that little like rumbling it's my rolly chair accidentally rolling away um so i'm sorry (laughs) um (laughs) okay so i think that koshe potentially whispering to meryl is really interesting but maybe a little bit too easy just because i feel like Meryl was kind of set up as, to be an antagonist, not a villain, but like a little bit of an, an antagonistic like presence in Akasif. Like she was kind of a jerk to Gwyn and Nesta and the other priestesses. And I just kind of feel like it would be easy for like the antagonist to be paired with the villain, if that makes sense. But I understand why people think that Koshe is whispering to her. That's like my only. I like him. I'm like more interested in the idea of Koshe whispering to Elaine, I think is what it like comes down True. to. True. But even so, like, I still feel like, I mean, we need to know. Mm -hmm. We just need to know. Fucking Sarah, like, just tell us. I know. (laughs) I know. She just needs to release, like, a bullet point Because, again, Sarah, don't tell me shit. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. I did spend the the week and a half that I was with them in Hawaii (laughs) trying to get information, and I got zero. Sorry, friends. I got zero (laughs) information. But plenty of turtle content, and that's, like, almost as good. Yes, that's true. I mean, well, that made up for the lack of book information. Um. Okay, so our next theory regards the other cursed women. So this isn't, okay, so this is, I guess this is not really a theory, but, like, more of just more things to add to the pile of things that we want to know. I want to know who and how he takes, like, how does he choose to take these particular women? Um, Who are they? What purpose do they serve? Does he stay deathless because he takes part of their souls when he curses them? Like, we talk about the nesting box, sort of from um, at least the Czech version of the myth of Koshe, is rather than, like, his soul split into pieces, is it, like, 
these girls' souls as the different pieces? Are they in the onyx box? Mm. How is Vasa different? Like, there's a difference between a firebird and a swan. So does potentially Vasa have, like, latent magical abilities? We know that the queens have some kind of magical power because they are able to winnow. Um, in Akamath, that's, like, one of the big reveals is that they you know, have secrets. And I think that one of those secrets is definitely tied to magic. And if so, what is Vasa's magic? Like there are just so many things that are just, it's like circles within circles within circles. I just want to know everything. I know. And I do think that, I mean, that'll probably be something that we will find out in yeah. whatever freaking book it is. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> get crochet. I could say, or Akatar um, five, six, four and a half. Right. Whatever. Because <laughs> Koshe was just more on the page mm-hmm. in Akasif, like in like in whispers in yeah, shadows. Totally. Like we didn't get actual hardcore <laughs> uh Koshe content. Mm-mm. So yeah. Clearly I think Sarah's kink is like keeping us definitely on the edge of our seat. Definitely it is. There's Making like, us want That's <laughs> not a theory. That's like canon. <laughs> Um, okay. More theories, uh, take into consideration, like, will Lucian potentially free Vasa? Because we know that Lucian is now, he is, uh, he's been established as Helian's son, and Helian's main power is the ability to break spells. And we sort of have saw... thick thighs? What? <laughs> <laughs> we sort of saw... To be a thirst trap? Lucian... What? Oh my God. <laughs> Do you want to just, like, get it all out now? <laughs> Y'all, you know you can't fucking bring up helium without I like it was a fool, like my body temperature increasing by like <laughs> t- like that would be like me bringing up the T word that I'm not even going oh to because if no, I do, do it I have I ideas. feel like T for both series Listen, they're they're on a <laughs> like, lake both of your men water, in water equals Tarquin Tarquin will <laughs> be the one to defeat Koshe Therian also it. is in water <laughs> uh, like. The T word shall not be brought up because the H word can't be brought up either. Like, I get, like, so, like, warm and fuzzy every time I think about Helia. Like, I just love him so much. Anyways. Exactly how I feel about Tarquin. Okay. At least we're in the same boat there. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Lucian demonstrated some (laughs) spell-cleaving powers in Akamath when he broke Hybern's spells in order to go to Elaine. Um... So we know that he has like some latent day We know he's abilities. his daddy's son. We know, he, we know that that will. is, we do not need a paternity test. It is like for sure no. canon. <laughs> um, so do we think that Lucian is going to have some role in freeing either Vasa or Koshe? I mean, I honestly think it's possible. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think so because, I mean, let's be real. He He's in his, what do they call it, the band of exiles yeah. or whatever it's they call it. It's so themselves. angsty. Oh, my like, God. It is. It's really, like a high school like, band so that plays out of their mom's garage, literally. The band of yes. exiles. Okay. Like, Lucian, I'm just expecting Lucian to have, like, the sideswept bangs. Oh, my like, God. Just, oh, my God. And then he's going to have, he's going to have daddy issues. Oh, God. This is just going to be. Wow. There's Anyways. Anyway. So that's a lot to unpack. Um, no, I think, I mean, I think, like, let's put Elaine on the Koshe train, mm-hmm. like, as far as, like, resolving that. Totally. And then let's put Lucian on the Vasa train on resolving that. Yes. And then thus, my theory coming to fruition of <laughs> both Elaine and Lucian coming together 
forming an alliance <laughs> to like forming their, I don't know, their group, their band, their whatever, like to handle this situation right. <laughs> however they deem fit. Um, so obviously on the forefront would be to break the curse for Vasa for many reasons, but um, but I love the idea of it kind of being like, which is why I do feel like this is going to be tied into Elaine's story because yeah. obviously Lucian and Elaine are mated, whether they want it or not. Right. They are mated at the moment. So, um, so yeah, so I love, I love the idea of them working together to like, I don't know, working separate, but together, separately yeah, together. Like, I don't know. Tangentially. Is that that word? Yes. Yeah. Um, sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I know there's like a word. I just don't know if I'm saying it correctly. I don't really know how you spell it either. Okay. Moving on. It's cool. fine. Um, this is a theory that I find really interesting and I, or I guess not a theory, but just like a tie that we haven't really explored or talked about. And I actually rarely see it talked about in the fandom. Oh my God. I'm sorry. That was my rolly chair. Um, <laughs> it was so loud. Um, the, the sort of the connection that I think we need to bring up is how did Papa Archeron make his bargain with Koshay? And maybe Koshay has part of Papa Archeron's soul and Elaine will go looking for it to put her father at rest. I like died. I love that idea. Okay, so I love the idea of him with the soul in that situation. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if the bargain was for him to die. Yeah. I feel like that's entirely possible. Like, I mean, Koshay is death. So like, in exchange for yeah, so like, going. Right. So this is like a theory that goes hand in hand. So like, I think that that like it's almost like making a deal with the devil type of thing yeah so like i think papa archeron goes and says all right bro like it's clearly inevitable that somebody's gotta die here right it's gonna be me yeah because i'm not gonna let my babies die and when i do you get like one fourth of my soul (laughs) or the whole soul Mm -hmm. or whatever it is so i love that idea yeah i think that that's like I definitely a really great theory. I think it gives a lot of like motion to the idea of Elaine and Koshay being connected because I think we know that like mm-hmm. Elaine is the most compassionate of all of her sisters, and I feel like she would be the one to be like, I literally can't live with the idea of my dad not being at peace, so I will do what it takes to like. Well, help but him also rest. if you think about it too, think about it as well because we have now gotten Feyre's journey and now Nesta's journey. Mm-hmm. And if you think about how both Feyre and Nesta dealt with the trauma of their father dying, it was like two different, like, totally two different paths, right? So with Nesta, like, her guilt and all this other stuff, like, it was rooted in a different place. And I feel like with, with Elaine, her journey with coping with her grief is probably going to be the more, like, emotional. Yeah. Like, like you said, like, she's more emotionally attuned to the situation, therefore... I mean, and also, again, lest we forget that Elaine also has powers um, that have manifested. But also, do we know what else she's got? Um, maybe she's more attuned to the, like her father's soul or like the souls right. of, of folk. Maybe she can see marking. it I'm sorry. like with her cauldron powers. Like, that's what I'm like, saying. Yeah, like souls. that's what I mean. <gasps> Like, that's what oh I mean. Like, God. I wonder if, like, that, like, if that's why her, so then, like, her journey and then her coping with the grief of losing her father. And yeah. inevitably, if you also think about it, too, like, 
she was dealing with the loss of her like mortal relationship, mm-hmm. her father, her sisters in one way, shape or form. Then we in Akasif, like uh, fucking favor almost kaput again. So like I feel right. like we've got like for Elaine. So from Elaine's perspective, I think that there's so much rooted into death so like death of like yeah. a relationship, death of her like an actual like physical being. Like I feel like then it would make the most sense that then her journey is like involving death slash coaching. Yeah. Oh my god, we just have like there are so many things to right. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. we have, uh, oh, our last point here, which I'm excited about. Yes. So I don't really know what to do with this theory. Not that it doesn't have like (laughs) validity. That's not what I'm saying at all. I just mean like I don't have the brain power to think about. No, I literally don't have the brain power to think about how it works. Like this was proposed and I was like, what? What? So, like, I need someone in the comments to explain this to me. Or maybe, Steph, you will explain it to me. There's a theory that there's a connection between Asriel and Koshe. And then I don't know if the Tumblr post that I probably looked at just didn't go into it. Or if I didn't read the comment carefully enough or whatever. But I don't know how this works. Which isn't to say that it won't happen and isn't plausible. I just, like, I don't get it. Someone explain. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think that before we discuss it, it's also figuring out what is this connection? Like, are they talking about a familial connection, like like within their lineage? Is right. it like their powers? They're connected by their powers? Or like, is it an inherent ability that Asriel has that, you know, derived of, like from Koshi? Like, like that kind of thing. Because I feel like in order for you to say, and not you, but whoever yeah. is a, like broaching this subject... Like, for you to suggest there's a connection between Azrael and Koshe would also mean that Azrael would have a connection with the bone carver and the weaver. And I don't think that that was ever a thing. Um, and we already know about Azrael's like, parentage. So, like, we know that at least he's not, like, his daddy isn't Koshe. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that his mother is still alive. We don't know too much about her. So, like, could she have ties to Koshe in some way, shape, or form? Right. Could Asriel's shithole of a father, like, <laughs> real daddy, have, like, a connection to Koshe? You know, like, could there have been, again, once again, like, with with Papa Archer on, like, was there a deal with a double situation? Right. And then, like, you know that passed down like from Azrael's dad maybe right. to Azrael. So like, I think that it's like in order for us to really address that or unpack that, we kind of have to understand like how, yeah. like, what do you mean by connection? Because I think that like, if we're talking about like his shadow singing ability, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. could that be an ability that's normally tied in with Koshe? Okay. I actually just solved it. I just figured it out. Okay. I out what's going to happen. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, but this just like <laughs> figured popped. it out. I did. This popped into my head, and now I can't unsee it. Um, Asriel gets turned into a swan. <laughs> I, that's like now officially. That's all I like want. Like a black swan, literally, just like a swan. <laughs> and that's why Elaine goes in because she's trying to save Asriel. Yeah. Uh huh. 
I want Azriel <laughs> to be turned into a swan before the end of the series. I swear. Oh Honestly, my God. I could never. <laughs> I could never imagine my sweet baby Azriel ever putting himself in the situation where he, he has would to even... eat like bird feed. <laughs> I genuinely believe that Hasra would never be caught unaware. So no, but like that's the point. Like I, it's you can so sit absurd. on your crackpot theory, and I'm just going to sit here and smile and nod at you and just talk about you when behind I'm your back right, because what the what fuck, then? Ava? <laughs> No, hold on. Sarah actually just DM'd me again to confirm that that's happening. She's she's fucking lying, you guys. (laughs) She's fucking lying. Uh, God, no. Uh, She's going to get this podcast shut down. Um, I... Yeah, no, I, I mean, let's let's go ahead and save that conversation for another day after we maybe field some questions or theories or mm-hmm. comments <laughs> on this subject. Because I aside from Ava's crackpot theory, I am genuinely curious to see what what really like how like what is the connection? And then we can like theorize, I guess, and, and analyze it because just saying connection there are so many like especially in the world of sarah j mass there could be so many ways right. things are connected so um yeah yeah so tbd on that yes tbd <laughs> i i still stand Ooh. for it all right everybody drop in the comments whether or not you want asriel to get turned into a swan let's manifest um this is a mess <laughs> we have asriel has enough things to deal with than to be dealing with feathers okay i still stand by my theory of elaine taking care of business on this um and i don't want her taking care of business because Azrael is a swan jesus (laughs) um anywho can you imagine how pissed he would look as a bird like you know how mean swans are he would be mean swan times 10 uh Anyway, okay, I'm Ma'am, sorry. Ma'am, I'm just, now. I'm not even going You're to like, entertain like, this conversation. I'm just stupid. going to just allow you to continue to talk okay. um, and then edit it out. Oh, um, just kidding. <laughs> I also just want to put it kidding. out there that I have had wine, so I'm not saying all of this with like complete sobriety, if that makes anyone feel mm. better. Stuff's like oh, duh. <laughs> Okay, uh, and thusly no. wraps up our Koshe episode. <laughs> The episode that Ava has been dying to I talk really about, have. no joke, since we kicked things off back in April. Since May. I wrote the script yeah. in May, so I've been trying to yeah. talk about this for a while. We've just been pushing it around, and we're like, we're gonna, we're going to do it, and we yes. did it. And I'm glad we did, because obviously, it's been great. Like, as we've talked about in previous episodes, we love hearing your theories, and you, not Ava, but, like, you, the listener, we love hearing <laughs> not, not <laughs> your theories and your thoughts and everything. Um, because, again, these are perspectives that maybe we weren't uh, really freeing up brain space for, but I'm glad that we did have some time to. We had some time today mm-hmm. to talk about this. And hopefully you guys are also, like, the cogs are working in your brains and maybe you guys might have some better, like, more eloquent. Totally. Please do let <laughs> us know. We want to hear it. Beyond a swan. Um, Asriel being the swan. <laughs> You're welcome for that image to everyone. Um, I'll I just know, take geez. a bow and Anywho. myself off the stage. 
Yes. But again, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Again, a shout out to our patrons who legit without you guys, we would not have a podcast going right now. Um, Your support has been ridiculously invaluable. So we love you guys so much. Um, And also to you, the listener, thanks so much for taking some time to listen to us rant for an hour about Koshay and death and things. Um, but again, um, if you have a moment, leave a rating or a review for us. Make sure to subscribe. Follow us on all of our Insta. Um, our Mastastic.com is our website. Phantomtastic.com is our shop. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash Phantomtastic if you want to come join the fun over there. Um, and I will let Ava, leave you with our parting thoughts. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, And remember, don't let the hard days win. That's right. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye.